Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Hey friends, and welcome back to Money Girl. My name is Laura Adams. If you're new here, I'm an award-winning personal finance author who's been writing and hosting this show since 2008. And if you are an existing or maybe a budding entrepreneur, don't miss my latest title. It was an Amazon number one new release. It's called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. The mission for this show is very simple. It's to just get you the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build lots of wealth, and have more security and less stress. And when I'm not writing and podcasting this show, I work with brands as their on-camera spokesperson, PR consultant, and multimedia content creator. So if you've got a project that maybe you're working on for next year, I'd love to hear from you. And you can learn more about my books, money courses, or how to work with me by visiting my personal website, lauradadams.com. I love getting your questions, and I recently got one from a podcast listener named Piper, who says, I'm a big fan of your podcast and want some advice before moving forward with my finances. I'm 23 years old, just started my first job, and make $60,000 with an extra $9,250 as reimbursement for traveling full-time. I have student debt, and I really want to get rid of it, but I also want to contribute to a Roth, save for emergencies, and buy a car. My company matches up to 6% on retirement contributions, so I was planning on contributing that much and paying off my loans at the same time. What do you think my financial plan should be? Thank you for your question, and congratulations on landing your first job, Piper. We all have limited financial resources to manage, so knowing what to prioritize is critical for achieving your goals as quickly as possible. And with the new year right around the corner, it's really the perfect time to create or revisit your financial plan. This show will guide you when you're unsure what to do with your money or you want to focus on the best financial resolutions for the upcoming year. So stay with me. And really quick before we get started, if you're enjoying Money Girl, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating or review. Think of it like your Christmas gift to me or maybe a New Year's gift. We really love hearing from you. And we want to know if you're getting value from this free content that we love bringing you. We want to be able to keep bringing it to you for free. 
All right. So with that said, let's jump in. The first step in your financial plan is shoring up emergency savings. You've heard me talk about this over and over, and I just, I got to keep coming back to it because it's so foundational. While getting out of debt is always a great, wise financial goal, I'm going to encourage you to prioritize it in the context of your entire financial life. In some cases, aggressively paying down debt ahead of schedule is the wrong financial move. And I know that might seem a little counterintuitive, but you want to first carefully consider how much emergency money you should have and how that stacks up with what's actually in your bank account. A cash reserve should be your top financial priority because it keeps you from going into debt if you unexpectedly lose your job or business income or you have significant unexpected expenses like medical bills or car repairs, you know, those things that always seem to pop up. How much emergency savings you need is different for everyone. For instance, if you're the sole breadwinner for a large family, you may need a bigger financial cushion than a single person with no dependents. A good rule of thumb is to accumulate at least 10% of your annual gross income. For instance, Piper said she earns $60,000 as her base salary, so she might aim to maintain at least $6,000 in her emergency fund. Another way to determine your target savings is by basing it on your average monthly living expenses. For instance, add up your costs and bills like food, housing, utilities, insurance, and transportation. Then multiply the total by a reasonable period, I would say such as anywhere from three to six months. For example, if your monthly living expenses are $3,000 and you want to maintain a minimum three-month reserve, you need a cash cushion of $9,000 or double that amount for a six-month fund. And if you're struggling to build savings, like many young people are, Piper, so, you know, don't feel like this is something you have to do overnight, you just might start with a small goal, maybe setting aside 1% of your income or like even $500 by a specific date. It's fantastic. Then increase your goal annually until you reach that healthy reserve that's right for you. Even if you can only save a small amount each month, I always say that starting small is better than not starting at all. Consider automating your goal with a recurring transfer from your checking to your savings every week or month. And after a while, you might not even miss the money from your checking account. Remember that your financial well-being depends on having cash to meet your living expenses in an emergency not paying a lender ahead of schedule. So, Piper, your homework is to determine how much emergency savings you need and set a goal to fill any gap as quickly as possible. Note that your emergency money should never be invested because that exposes it to risk. Its purpose is safety, not growth. So you want to keep your emergency money in an FDIC-insured high-interest savings account where it won't lose value and it will be sitting right there when you need it. So to sum up, your first step in creating a financial plan is ensuring you have enough cash 
Anytime you're unsure about a financial decision or what to do with your money, come back to this foundational kind of pillar of your finances. Ask yourself, do I have the right amount of emergency money in the bank? If not, that should be your number one priority. Don't let the debt you may have or those lenders come before your own short-term financial security, okay? Now, the second step in your financial plan is addressing any dangerous debts. If you're dealing with financial hardship and have dangerous debts, handle them next. Now, Piper didn't mention having any, and she probably doesn't, but I know some of you may be struggling with overdue bills. You may have debt in collections, you could have tax liens, or debt balances with double-digit interest rates, which I do consider dangerous debt. Getting caught up or immediately addressing them is critical because they can destroy your financial health. And if you're looking for more help, I want to encourage you to check out my course called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever. It's very affordable, and it teaches you how to manage and eliminate any debt, including dangerous ones. Note that you should not pay off low-interest debts like student loans and mortgages ahead of schedule because they're relatively inexpensive and they come with tax deductions. So please save that step for later in your financial plan after you've taken care of the essentials like the emergency savings and any dangerous debts. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. I know how to run a hair salon. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Okay, moving on to the third step. It is investing for retirement. Once you have enough emergency money or regular savings toward that emergency fund and you've tackled any dangerous debt, your next priority is investing for retirement. Consider this, if you invest $500 a month for 40 years with an average 7% return, you'll have an impressive retirement nest egg of over $1.3 million. But if you focus on paying off debt ahead of schedule and don't start investing until a decade before retirement, which a lot of people do, mistakenly, you'd have to invest over $7,500 a month to have $1.3 million in the bank. In the first scenario, where you start investing early, you end up with $1.3 million by socking away a total of $240,000 over four decades. But in the second scenario, where you start late, that requires you to save 
$900,000 over a short period to have $1.3 million for retirement. In other words, by investing early, you achieve the same financial goal, but spend $660,000 less. That's some serious savings you don't want to miss. Investing small amounts over a long period allows you to fully leverage the effects of compounding where you earn interest on your accumulated growth. So if you take one lesson from this show, it's that not procrastinating your investing makes the difference between scraping by or having a comfortable, easy lifestyle down the road. A good rule of thumb is to invest at least 10 to 15% of your gross income for retirement as soon as you begin your career and you've got reasonable emergency savings in the bank. Remember that investments do not count as your cash reserve because they're not entirely liquid and they do get exposed to short-term risk. For example, if you're like Piper and earn $60,000, make a goal to contribute at least $6,000 annually to a tax-advantaged account. It could be an IRA or a retirement uh, plan at work, like a 401k or a 403b. Piper, you mentioned getting a 6% match on your workplace retirement contributions, which is fantastic. Always contribute enough to max out an employer match. However, I'm going to recommend that you bump it up and contribute at least 10% per year to your workplace Roth. For 2023, you can contribute up to $22,500 or if you're over age 50, $30,000 to a workplace retirement account. And anyone with earned income, even the self-employed, can contribute up to $6,500 or $7,500 if you're over age 50 to an IRA. Those increased limits are just some of the retirement account changes I covered in last week's show. So be sure to check it out if you missed the previous podcast, episode number 754. The sooner you make maxing out a retirement account a habit, the better. Starting to invest early It's like getting your retirement on sale because you contribute less and still see your account value mushroom over time. It's really brilliant. So Piper, take advantage of all the time you have ahead of you right now by maxing out your retirement account or at least putting in that 10 to 15% each year. All right, the fourth step in your financial plan is buying the right insurance. An essential part of taking control of your finances is having adequate insurance. And many people get into debt in the first place because they don't have enough or they don't have any insurance at all. So make sure you've got health insurance first to protect yourself and those you love from an illness or an accident jeopardizing your financial security. Also, review your auto and your home or even your renter's insurance coverage. And by the way, if you rent and you don't have renter's insurance, you need it. It's a bargain for the protection you get. On average, it costs $185 per year on average across the nation. And if you have family who would be financially hurt if you died, you need life insurance to protect them. If you're in relatively good health, a term life policy for half a million dollars might only cost a couple of hundred dollars per year. And an often overlooked coverage 
is disability insurance. That replaces a portion of your income if you get sick or injured and can't work. You're actually more likely to have a disability that prevents you from working than you are to die. So Piper, if you get these coverages through work, your health, your disability, and you probably don't need life insurance at this point if you don't have dependents, but if you get those through work, that's fantastic. However, if you don't have employer-provided insurance, or for any of you who are self-employed, you need to purchase these critical products on your own. And it's always a good idea to review your needs with a reputable insurance agent or a financial advisor. All right, the fourth step in your financial plan is setting your other goals. So once your savings, your retirement, and your insurance needs are on autopilot, and you've got money left over, it's time to reach other financial goals. Piper mentioned wanting to buy a car and repay her student loans early. Remember that student loans and mortgages come with relatively low interest rates and tax deductions, making them cost even less on an after-tax basis. That's why debts with higher interest and no money-saving tax deductions, like credit cards, personal loans, and auto loans, should typically get paid off first. The bottom line is that goals outside of saving for emergencies and investing for retirement are wonderful if you can afford them. Make a list of your financial dreams, what they cost, and how much you can afford to spend on them each month. So before you rush to prepay a student loan or a mortgage, make sure that there isn't a better use for your money. Being completely debt-free is a terrific goal, but keeping your inexpensive debt and investing your excess cash for higher returns can definitely make you wealthier in the long run. Piper, I hope these five steps give you and everyone listening clarity about creating a personal financial plan. Following them in this order will help you make the most of your money, protect it, and build lots of wealth for a secure future. As always, you can leave a comment or a money question by calling 302 3640308 to leave a voice message or you can do what Piper did and send an email using my contact page at lauradadams.com That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. 
And now he's rolling in the green. Like a like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.